Welcome to Torah Talk, a program that challenges 2,000 years of misunderstanding and neglect of the Torah, God's law. In this show, we will be threshing ideologies by examining these scriptures in their Hebraic contexts. Our goal is to separate the wheat from the chaff, the truth from misconception. This program is sponsored by The Harvest, a Messianic Charismatic Congregation in Thornton, Colorado. Shalom, lovers of the Torah, and thank you for choosing to listen to Torah Talk. I'm your host, Pastor Mark. It's great to be with you this week. In this podcast, I'm going to be sharing on the Torah portion, Hukat, translated statute, and specifically the part about God sending fiery spirits to bite and sicken his rebellious people and even take their lives away. It is an astonishing and intriguing portion for many reasons, especially in the way that God reconciles and gives them a way out of this punishment. Stay with me as we unpack this part of the Torah portion. Keep in mind that this is a midrash and not to be construed as a doctrinal statement or a theological treatise on the subject. I'm simply wrestling with the passages to better inform you as well as myself, and I reserve the right to change my mind on my ideas as I grow in the grace and knowledge of the Messiah. So I'm going to be reading Numbers chapter 21, verses 4 through 9, from the JPS translation of the Tanakh. Let's jump in and take a look at this. Verse 4, they set out from Mount Or by way of the Sea of Reeds to skirt the land of Edom, but the people grew restive on the journey. My, my first point here is to note that on their way, on their way to what God has promised them, the promised land, and the land flowing with milk and honey, they grow impatient on the journey. The journey becomes something that is too challenging for them. And um, they decide, you know what, we don't like this. And, and, and in fact, some of them are actually going to, you know, try to make a case for going back to Egypt. And so this is going to be an issue uh, with God who has called them and promised them an incredible new way of life in a new land filled with milk and honey. Verse 5. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why did you make us leave Egypt to die in the wilderness? There's no bread and no water, and we have come to loathe this miserable food. So they really kind of break down here and, uh, and bring charges against God and against his servant Moses and uh, begin to make the case to turn around and go back to Egypt. And this is no light matter. This is a big deal. Um, and I think also when we look at this, we can see even in our own lives how we become, uh, you know, a little bit uh, out of control when we grow impatient. You know, we kind of want things our way and we want it right now. And and the journey is just something that we all want to bypass. But the lessons that we can learn here are very, very important to us and for us. Um, so let's let's pay, pay close attention. Verse 6, the Lord sent seraph serpents against the people. They bit the people, and many of the Israelites died. Think about that. God sent fiery serpents. It's a reference to the fact that the serpents are not benign. The serpents are poisonous. These serpents that God sends bite the people. 
many of the Israelites died from this. I, I mean, think about it. It's, it's not that they got sick. They got sick and died, and not a few, but many of the Israelites died. And why? For their sins against God and his servant Moses. So God sends these poisonous saints. What, what a incredibly um, frightening judgment. What can we learn from that? Well, let's go on. Verse 7. The people came to Moses and said, We sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. This is, this is, this is going to be their pathway back to the place of blessing. Confessing their sins. Good move. Very important. You know, we can, we can take note of that ourselves, right? When we sin, we need to come and say, God, we're sorry. We sinned. We need to own it and confess it. We sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Intercede with the Lord to take away the serpents from us. And Moses interceded for the people. Here's the big question. Did God take away the venomous snakes? It's very, very interesting what happens. You probably remember the story. He didn't take the snakes away. Verse 8, Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a seraph figure and mount it on a standard. And if anyone who is bitten looks at it, he shall recover. So there you have it, the solution. God doesn't remove the snakes. He says, no, actually, I want you to make a a bronze or copper uh, figure of a snake. And I want you to mount it on a pole. And I want you to lift that pole up so that everyone can see that copper or bronze image of a snake. You know, it's the symbol of the very thing that's killing them. And God says, if you look at it, tell the people, if they look at it intently, they will recover. That person, in other words, will be saved from death. Saved from death. Is that too much of a stretch? Am I reading too much in the passage to say that that recovery is really a type of salvation? I don't know. You, 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 you be the judge. I'm going to read from the JPS commentary on the book of Numbers. And Milgram is the editor of this. So uh, let me just uh, read this. It's the comments that are made under verse 8 of Numbers chapter 21. This is what he says. This is precisely how Targum, Jonathan, understands it. And then he quotes the Targum. If he, the victim, directed his heart to the name of the Memra, that is Aramaic for word, the name of the word of the Lord, he would live, or as expressed in the wisdom of Solomon. And that book was written around the first half of the first century CE. Quote, only for a while were they thrown into disarray as a warning, possessing as they did a symbol. Now, now, let me just stop there. The symbol he's referring to is the serpent on the pole. He refers to it as a symbol. He says, possessing as they did a symbol of your salvation to remind them of the commandment of your law for whoever turned towards it was saved, not by the sight beheld, but through you, the savior of all. And so this expresses the idea of salvation. It casts the whole issue 
of their sin, the serp the 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 the, the their sin, the serpents and 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 being sick and dying, um, and the solution of the serpent on the pole being their salvation. Yeah, they cast that within the context of being saved, salvation itself, saved from death, saved from imminent separation through death from God. I think that is so interesting to note that. Now, let me read verse 9, and then we'll make some more comments. Moses made a copper serpent and mounted it on a standard. And when anyone was bitten by a serpent, he would look at the copper serpent and recover. So let's put it all together. They sinned against God. God sent fiery serpents. The serpents were toxic or poisonous. They bit the people. The people were sick by the serpents, and many of them dying. And so the solution was, confess your sin. Come and confess your sin, and then look at the serpent on the pole. And if you'll do that, if you'll confess your sin and look at the serpent on the pole, you will be saved from imminent death. That is like, I mean, that that's amazing. That's intriguing. Now, I want to point out that Jesus takes this ancient story and makes personal application with it. So in John chapter 3, verses 13 through 15, he's speaking to Nicodemus, a very wise sage, Jewish sage, about this whole issue of being born again uh, as it relates to salvation. And he says, no one, to Nicodemus he says, no one has ascended into heaven, but he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And he's referring to himself. That's one of his favorite titles that he goes by, Son of Man. Verse 14, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Now, that is a reference to the story we just read in our Torah portion here. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that whoever believes will in him have eternal life. Now, imagine that. He takes that story, applies it to himself, refers to to the crucifixion that's coming. And he's saying that he's going to be crucified. He's going to be put on a pole, lifted up. And in that crucifixion, he's stating, everyone who looks with faith upon me shall be saved from the paralyzing snake bite of the serpent called Satan. This is what he's actually alluding to. Uh, it's an amazing connection between uh, what Moses did in the wilderness and what Jesus is going to submit to. And make no mistake about it, Jesus is the very one who takes upon himself the sin of the world and makes an atonement through that crucifixion for the sin of the world. He, he in a sense, becomes a snake on the cross. Uh, he carries the weight of the sin of the world in his being and, and and so you know Satan in a sense is a is a personification of, of the sin of the world. And so Jesus by taking sin upon himself in a sense uh, is a picture of that snake on the cross being judged on our behalf. In fact, second Corinthians 5:21 says this, he God made him the Messiah Jesus, he made him who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf so that we might become 
the righteousness of God in him. So Jesus becomes sin on our behalf that we, through faith in him, might become the righteousness of God. In other words, when we confess our sins and then gaze intently with faith on the crucified one as our atonement for sin, we not only are cleansed, forgiven and cleansed of our sins, but we receive the gift of the righteousness of God through him. That is the fullness of what was intended to come across to the ancient Israelites. God was teaching them about sin and shame and the debt that we all owe through sin and shame and how that sin and shame is tied into the serpent and how the serpent will be judged for all of it. Our job, confess our sins and look to this Messiah who became the serpent on the cross, carrying the weight of our sin and shame so that we, by faith in him, can have an atonement and be saved from the debt of death that we all owe. So, in conclusion, we have all been bitten by the serpent through our sin, and we're all dying as a result of that. But God so loved the world that he sent his son to carry the weight of the sin of the world to the cross and pay the debt that we all owe. He died in our place. He paid that debt of sin that we owe so that anyone who confesses his sins and believes in Jesus and looks to him who is crucified as the atonement of their sin are freed from that death, are saved, are forgiven and restored to the Father. So how about you? How about you? Have you ever confessed your sin? and embrace Jesus as the serpent on the pole that died in your place that you might live. If you haven't done that, I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. You can do that right now. I just want to lead you in this prayer. Father in heaven, I am a sinner. I have sinned. I confess that. I deserve death. I've been bitten and smitten by the seduction of sin and rebellion through the ancient serpent, Satan. I confess to you that I have fallen. I pray that you will forgive me in the name of Jesus, the one who came and became sin on my behalf, the one that was crucified. I look to him by faith. I embrace your son as my atonement for my sins. Come, rescue me. Come and cause me to recover from the spell of sin and the consequences of death. Come and save me, I pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, if you've done that, if this is the first time that you've received Jesus Christ into your life, you let us know. Just send us some notes. We have the website link up. We'd love to hear your story. We just pray that you will be blessed in everything that you do and that you will rise up and become the fullness of what God has intended you to be. We bless you in Yeshua's name. That concludes our program for this week. And a special thanks to our great King, Yeshua the Messiah, and to you, our listeners and supporters, for making this podcast possible through your prayers and financial giving. Thank you. Know that in your prayers and giving, you are partnering with us as we advance the kingdom of Messiah in Israel, the United States, and throughout the world. We are a highly rated and listened to Messianic podcast on iTunes under the category of Judaism. 
Subscribe now, pray with us, give financially, and share the vision and power of this podcast with everyone you know. And if you have time, check out our social media at graftedin.com. Baruch Hashem. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm your host, Pastor Mark. And until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Prince of Peace, Yeshua, the Messiah. Shalom. Torah Talk has been brought to you by The Harvest, a Messianic Charismatic Congregation located at 8891 Hose Boulevard in Thornton, Colorado. Your host has been Pastor Mark McClellan. Join us for Sabbath services at 1 p.m. next Saturday afternoon. For more information, please call us at 303-761-9948 or visit our website at www.graftedin.com. God bless you and shalom.